Hey everyone, it's the Super Givers Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Johnson, and today's guest, Morgan Rich, provides a vulnerable look into the messy underbelly of being a caring man in a world sorting out what healthy masculinity actually looks like. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, good to be here. I appreciate your having me. Who are you and what are you doing in the world right now? <laughs> I'm Morgan Rich, and I am... Uh, I'm, I'm a guy who just who cares an awful lot about young people, cares an awful lot about men, and feel really honored to do work as a life coach and trainer and leader of all kinds of programs for um, for young people and parents mostly. Uh, and just feel really grateful to be able to provide a space for young people to come alive and. Um, yeah, just lo- I just love my work and and spend time in conversations and just and and just fun places with teenagers and with men that are just intense and uncomfortable and messy and and uh, really meaningful and we just get to talk about all kinds of stuff that that um, I just think doesn't get talked about enough. And I'd love to hear why you think this is so important, especially the work with young men and adult men in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it, it really starts for me from, I was a young guy who was always really caring and, uh, you know, got caught in, in really good schools, but just never felt like I, I never felt like I was understood. Like I, I felt like I was, um, supposed to get something that never got gotten. And, uh, and I just felt really shitty about myself for so long. And I felt like I was lost <laughs> and like there was something wrong with me. And uh, really until I was like, I don't know, 37 and I'm 47 now. So it was a long time of feeling really fucked up and lonely and just like, what is, it's okay to swear, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, um, but just really felt lost. And so, and so in thinking about young guys today, just I, 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 I know that there are so many young men and and women who are out there who are just really good people who are really like wanting to come alive and are caught in uh, are caught in a, in a assist like in a in a in a program of saying like the only thing that matters is academics and the only thing that matters is like you know doing well and having a lot of material success and this not the other thing and we're missing like the humanness of so many young people. And I think the world really needs that today. Um, and it's, and it's so, yeah. So that's why I think it's so important for both young guys and girls and men and everyone. Um, that's why I think this work is so important. And if my math serves me, you grew up largely in the seventies and eighties, at least in the, in the prime years where you learned about masculinity and manhood. What did you learn at that time? And, and who taught you? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I I was like, you know, I was just, a, it's an interesting question. And I would just say, like, I was, I, myself, I was so confused and lost that, like, to think about, like, you know, sitting down and learning masculinity or, you know, I, I don't even know if I would have known what that meant or, like, I just didn't, I didn't, I was not playing at that level. I think I was just trying to survive. Um, and, and, and was confused because it was just like, like, I think the world is a hard place for empathetic, caring people. 
And I never would have been able, like, I didn't know that. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't know any different. I didn't know what was going on inside of me. But I, I just like, you know, I, I can't say that I was like, well, I was supposed to be a man who was macho and this and that and the other thing. Like, I don't, I just didn't, I just, um, I, I didn't feel like I was getting that message necessarily, but I also felt really lost. Um, you know, and my dad, my dad was around when I was, when I was young, he was, um, I think on his own, his own journey, um, of trying to discover himself. And I think he was really a lost soul. Um, I wish I knew better if that was the case. And, uh, and then there were a few, there were, you know, I had a few teachers who were men or, um, you know, but I just, I just, I mostly felt like I was alone in the world and I, and I was, something was wrong. And, uh, and, and I didn't, I, I wanted someone, I wanted someone to help me. I don't know that I knew this, but now I know it. Like I needed someone to help me figure out what the hell was going on inside of me. And it never happened really in the way that I needed to. Yeah. It sounds like the missing experience was largely about having somebody mirror what felt truthful for you about yeah. be, about being you. Yeah. How that could potentially translate into being you as a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a man and, and, you know, like, and a man in the world who, who, you know, which is now like some territory that I'm really finding, which is that, um, you know, I am a really caring man and have a lot of empathy and a lot of, you know, I, I like to call myself a really big hearted guy. Um, and I've also got a lot of intensity and a lot of, um, you know, I've come, I've come to feel like I'm, you know, a very strong man and, and bring a really powerful masculine presence, but in a really caring way. And, uh, you know, I think I just had to fight my ass off to, to figure out how to do that. Like, I, I don't, I don't really think I had role models of how to do that. And I think I resonate a lot with young guys today who are like, where are all the men in the, like, where are all the men in the world that I can emulate and I can like look up to and I can learn from, and I can, you know, I, I don't want to be, you know, a knuckleheaded, um, you know, go to the bars every night, you know, just get, you know, drunk and wasted and, you know, watch sports, like all the stereotypical stuff. Like I am a huge athlete and love sports, you know, but also like I'm, I, I want to, I want, I care a lot about people and the world. And, um, I want role. I I've still even looking for role models of like, where are all the, like, and I'm glad to say I found some, but like, where are all the people and good men in the world who can bridge that stuff? So take me through how you develop that fight, uh, the trajectory of your fighting to know yourself and to evolve into your own masculine selfhood up until, you know, you said 37, right? So what happened there and, and how did you get there? Yeah. 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 Um, well, my first adventure was, was just being an athlete and I wanted to, you know, I grew up in the, in the, I was 10 years old when the U S won the Olympic gold medal in hockey and I was a hockey player. And so the first like drive was just to be as good an athlete as I could be. And so I decided to go to boarding school and, um, you know, pursue that dream, which, which, which didn't work out. But, um, you know, so sports was really big for me. And there were, there were several situations like when I didn't make, you know, when I didn't make the team, when I realized my dream wasn't going to happen, that for some, it feels like it would have been really easy just to give up. And, uh, and I didn't, 
and I and I don't and I don't know why exactly. Like I, I instead of giving up, I dug in and I just started going. Like I started working really hard to 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 get um, to make the team and to like be as good as I could. And I I'm I'm amazed and a little grateful. I have to say at that at that moment of my life. Um, of like, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what it is that, 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 that made that happen, but it feels really familiar to my experience in college. And after that, which was my dad died my freshman year of college. And, um, you know, I, I, I was really, even before he left, I, he died, I was really like lost, like trying to figure out what was going on for me in the world. And I didn't feel smart and I didn't really, I went to business school right out of out of high school, which I just didn't, I didn't just didn't understand anything really. And, um, and after my dad died, I just got like this, uh, this feeling of, um, there was some energy in me that, that wanted to come alive and, and, and it's still there and I can still feel it. And it's, it's just, it's about being a good human being and it's about treating people well. It's about treating the more than human world. Well, it's about carrying myself with dignity and respect. It's about, you know, just bringing, you know, it's like doing things the right way, like just caring for people, you know, and, and that energy wanted to be alive in me, um, through me in the world. And, uh, and I couldn't have explained it back then. I, I just, I just, I just was stubborn as all get out. And, uh, um, and I just knew, I just, I just had this sense of like, wait, there's a, like, what, what is going on in the world? I just was confused about, about like people lacking integrity and lacking ethics and, and like, just trying to, you know, exploit other people and resources and things like that. I just didn't, I didn't get it and I didn't want it. And then I wouldn't compromise. Like I just would not compromise. Like I, 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 you know, I was, I loved kids. And, and so, so many people were like, well, why don't you get certified as a teacher? And I was like, because I, I came up through the system and like my teachers didn't, didn't, they missed me. You know, like they didn't, they didn't know who I was and they couldn't, they, they like I got missed. And, um, and so I don't want to get trained in a system that's doesn't, does, doesn't help that. Um, and that you and, don't, you don't trust necessarily. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. That I don't trust. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it wasn't, it's like, it would be hard for me to have articulated it exactly. Cause I, I didn't ex- really know what I was doing. I just didn't know I wasn't going to compromise whatever this thing was that was in me and was wanting to come alive. So how did you listen to that at that age? God, I don't know. I really, I just, I just, um, I just did. I, I mean, again, so this is, it goes back to like that thing around when I made the hockey team, you know, it was like, or didn't make the hockey team, you know, it was like, I just dug in and started fighting. And um, I, I really like, like sort of miraculously, like I didn't start doing drugs and alcohol. Like I went after my dad died, I didn't fall into like the addiction thing or the substance abuse thing. And I just got really, really sad and lonely and like, and fought through it. And just somehow there was something in me that want that, 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 that just kept, <laughs> just wanted, you know, just like kept fighting. And, um, 
I wish I could explain. <laughs> I feel like I wish I could explain it better, but I don't, you know, it's like, it's just a, it's, um, you know, my mom was really frustrated with me. Um, you know, I wouldn't go get a like regular job and I, and I, um, you know, I just kept being guided by the feeling, you know, and I, and I remember actually going to a workshop and, uh, it was a business, it was called business and you. And there was this, there was this game we played, you know, I, I really like games, you know, like a, a like a ropes course kind of game. Mm-hmm. I know you like those, you like yes. those also. Yes. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and, and it was like, something in the game was about was about like if you did it if everyone did the game the right way then we'd all win and um and and but if you but if you didn't do it the right way then you you could like you could like manipulate people in the game and then they would win but you wouldn't (laughs) and so i kept like I, i was really stubborn about not compromising and keep going for like the ideal and I remember the punchline of the whole thing was like, it, it, it's one thing to be right. It's another thing to be righteous. Mm. And, and I, and the implication was that I was being righteous. Um, I still think about that, you know, but I, you I also, were, wait, wait, sorry. You were being righteous because, because you I, were sticking to the goal of everybody winning. Yeah. Interesting. So there wasn't even, the system was, it couldn't even handle <laughs> really the ideal right the mindset of the right. ideal right another reinforcement yeah. for you about like what's going on yeah and a, and a judgment hmm. right a strong judgment about oh if you're going to believe in that thing you're being righteous and you're being you know like you should you shouldn't be like that what was that like well you know i didn't really i was pissed but i but i i don't know that i really got it and I, and I got to say, like, I obviously I'm still thinking about this and I still wonder like, wait, am I just in a righteous, like, you know, idiot? <laughs> like, am I still, am I still, is, am I still too, you know, like, I, like, like I, I want, I, 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 you know, it's like that care and that like, no, I do, I do want things to be better for people. I don't want to do harm. I don't want to exploit people for, for, you know, my own good or for any, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to live in that world. You know, I, I, I want like people to feel taken care of and loved and thrive and, you know, just feel good about themselves. And, 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 and just like, like, I'm so interested in the genius and the gift in people. I, I don't want that to be crushed for any reason, like for, you know, for the, for the like betterment of, whatever you know economics i guess Mm. okay yeah anyway so you're you're going through that experience yeah bring bring us up to age 37 and what shifted there yeah well it so this you know this that story continued to play itself out you know for a long time of me trying to figure out what was going on and and not really want it not compromising and uh And just trying to figure myself out. So at age 37, um, a friend of mine handed me a CD, you know, a, 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 you know, recording of Michael Mead of a program. I believe it was called um, Branches of Mentoring. And Michael Mead, I listened to it, and for the first time in my life, I felt like someone. It was like he was speaking a language that I had known but had never heard. 
Hmm. It, 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 like he spoke the language of my soul. You know, he spoke to that part of me that, that like is connected to um, whatever that energy is that, you know, that, that, that um, I want to call it like, you know, the force or like the more than human world or just the, like the, the heartbeat of life. And it was so relieving to me that it was like coming home, you know, at 37, finally someone was speaking, was like helping me make sense of all of this craziness that had been my whole life Mm. that I had been like fighting for and trying to understand and searching for like some meaning and not willing to compromise about and just like, you know, like going after and finally it was like, oh my God. I mean, it was unreal. It was unbelievable. <laughs> what you, what did you do with that? Yeah. Well, I kept listening to, you know, what, what, what Michael, you know, just like, like I went to one of his, so I started going to, he has a retreat every summer where there's a hundred men, we go to, you know, we go out into the, into the Mendocino woodlands, uh, you know, the way deep in the woods and, uh, just do soul work and really try to figure out our own lives and our own, um, you know, just heard stories of, of men, um, from all such, just a massively diverse group of guys, age wise, um, sexual orientation, um, racial, like economic, just really diverse group of guys really like going, like just going after their life in a way that was so honest and authentic and real and vulnerable and caring and deep and had integrity and had vulnerability. And it was just like, Oh my God, (laughs) how did I survive and and like without no without like having known this was there like like it was it was it was like it it was amazing. It's like the the perfect salt bath of validation on every level. Yeah, just <laughs> being immersed yeah. in validation. Yeah, yeah, and just and that like the relief of that of like knowing that I wasn't broken, knowing that there wasn't anything wrong with me, knowing that you know, and like beginning to then, like then sort of like beginning the real journey of, of that I wished had happened when I was a kid of starting to understand myself and what in the world my gift to the world was, which was all of course wrapped up in this care and this listening and this, you know, empathy and integrity and, you know, the gift was right there and I had never been able to even get close to seeing it. Okay, I'm really excited to hear about your programs and I want you to take us there via whatever you're willing to share about what it's like to be a man today doing the soul work you're doing mm-hmm. amidst this seem- seemingly like really profound emergence of feminine power and in in many political ways I know that you and I both are excited about. Yeah. Um, but still, it doesn't mean it's that simple, being a man right. a man in the midst of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know we've both been spending time, um, if you want to say, like, defending men, you know, and, and as all this is going down, I feel like there's a real assault on, like, 
men are bad. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm here and I think I'm actually a pretty good guy, you know, and I'm not perfect by any means. And, you know, I've had my, you know, dances with, um, you know, being a horny middle school boy and, and putting my hands where they shouldn't have been, which I still feel bad about and wish hadn't happened. But, you know, I was a seventh grade kid, you know, and, and um, don't want to excuse it, but also want to understand it. Um, you know, and so like I, 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 I want to defend men, you know, and I don't want to I don't want to defend um, bad behavior. But I also know that there's a lot of really good guys out there and uh, and, you know, we're working hard to figure out what's going on. Um, and I think there's a real place for me of, of like, I don't know what the answer to all of this is other than I think that what we got to do is go into the messy, uncomfortable places and know that this isn't like all the all the Me Too stuff and all of the, you know, all that's emerging. I just really I don't think that it's a man issue. I think that it's a, um, I think that it's a man and woman and all of us issue, in the sense of we are very confused about how to talk about desire, and how to have desire, and how to talk about sexuality, and how to talk about connection, and how to talk about loneliness, and how to, and that we get really confused in the territory of you know how we find meaningful connection with one another in a, in a society that pushes us in some weird sexuality in some way towards sexuality that is really unhealthy. Um, and so I think we got to be in conversations around, around, um, around how do we connect with one another and, um, you know, how do we be strong men and, um, caring men and, um, women who bring feminine energy and, um, you know, who like to be desired as well. You know, I think we all like that. And, and there's a, um, it just is interesting territory. And I, I think it's easy to like, quote unquote, get in trouble or like, you know, support rape culture or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I just, I, I, I'm nervous about that, but I also am totally willing and interested in going right in there and being in conversations about it um, and being willing to not know how to get out of it even. Yeah. One thing I'm hearing you say, or, or I'm, I'm inferring from what you're saying is that this defensive response you have, which I'm sure I know I can relate to. I know probably a lot of men can relate to is really rooted in a fear that the conversation will be taken away somehow. Yeah. Well, and then it'll, yeah, right. And, and what do you say more about that? Like, what do you mean by the conversation will be taken away? that you won't be allowed to make mistakes in the repair process with, with men and women, that the mm -hmm. conversation itself will not be open to you. If you present a certain way, or if you cross a certain line, I almost hear like a hidden plea or request in there. Like, let, let me screw up. Let me, let me be engaged and really see me as a man that like I might screw up a hundred times, but it's because I'm trying to, understand yeah totally you know like i yeah absolutely you know i think i think having more compassion and understanding for one another is really important and knowing that you know at the heart of all these um you know at the heart of all of these uh violations is vulnerability you know that there are stories behind that that um that 
you know, again, doesn't necessarily excuse it. Um, but it, but there are stories there and, uh, you know, and I think we all have our stories. And so in, in the, in the adventure of learning, how do we connect with one another? And in the adventure of finding our way out of loneliness and out of our, all the crap that, that is the story of our lives, um, it's gotta be messy, you know, and we're gonna make mistakes. But I would much rather that we go that direction than that we, you know, retreat back into our loneliness and get quiet um, and don't engage in those ways. That that is, um, and and I think a lot of men are doing that. I think a lot of, and especially a lot of sensitive men um, are doing that because they're scared out of their mind that they're going to step into a situation where they're trying to, you know, just be, be some kind of a man and say they're do the wrong thing and just get, um, you know, accused, blamed, ridiculed, you know, whatever it might be, um, and close their desire down. Uh, and I think that's super dangerous. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that's super dangerous and not the direction we want to go. What to you is the danger of a male civilization with shut down desire? Well, I mean, I think it's like the, um, I don't think you can shut it down. I mean, I just, I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of things, but one is, you know, I don't think you can shut it down. And so I just think it gets quiet and then it gets, it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds quietly and the pressure, you know, let's just call it the sexual desire, you know, the pressure, the, the pressure of sexual desire builds and builds and builds. And if you're containing it and containing it and containing it, when it comes out, it comes out in, in, in dangerous and sometimes violent ways. Yeah. And, and that is, that's part of what you're seeing, right? Is that we don't know how to actually deal with the desire or the, or the sexuality or the conversations. And, and so then it, it gets, when it comes out, it comes out really sideways. And, and as you see is doing a lot of damage. Um, and, and that, that is what I see, you know, and, and I just got to say, like, I, you know, I, there is a, there is a feminine side to this as well. You know, this is the same thing is going on in my opinion with women as it is with men. And, um, um, you know, that we're, that, that we're, that we're, we're closing, closing spaces that we need to open because we don't know how to open them, um, and be in the, in the, in the, exploration of how to bring those together so let me play devil's advocate for a little bit yeah as i'm hearing what you're saying and i certainly can relate to a lot of it i'm imagining there's at least one or two women who could be listening to this who are getting a little activated um almost in the same way that you know um, a black person might respond to this this statement you know all lives matter right so you're saying it's a it's a human problem, it's a it's a men and women problem, and I and I really hear where you're coming from there. Yeah. So what would you say to a woman who's who's reacting defensively to that and saying, wait a minute, there's no there's no room to be messy. You don't get to ask for that. We've already suffered generations of atrocity and violence. How do you get to ask for that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that my my response to that is is just being the guy that I am. Right. Is that um, when I get confronted with that kind of thing, um, I, I get I get shaky <laughs> and I get 
in the sense of like, I don't know the historical foundation and roots and, you know, like, I, like those kind of conversations like that, it doesn't work in my brain in those ways. And so what I would do in that scenario is like, I would be interested in asking questions to try to understand, um, you know, so what is it that, what is it that you've seen? Um, you know, how does that, how does that relate to this? And for me, you know, that is, um, that's part of the conversation that I'm, that I'm advocating for is to be willing to be in there and to, um, and for me to be able to try to hang in there and, and try to understand, you know, I, I, um, I have a, you know, like I have a huge amount of care for all of, all of the stuff that you spoke to and, and, and the places of people getting activated about it. And I would, you know, I'm probably ignorant about it in, in many ways. Um, I don't know if that's true, but, um, you know, like I don't have any interest in exploiting women in exploiting black people or, you know, any people or anything really. And that's not, and that's not my intention or desire. And so I want to understand how, how what I'm saying is doing that. And I, and I just want to be in that, in that place questioning with someone is that is that is that making sense i mean it's just it it actually it actually feels vulnerable to me to say that and it and it feels um it hits the part of me that again like i didn't do well in school like like my brain doesn't quite work like that i'm much more of a feeling kind of guy um and i just sort of trust the instinct of um you know i think what we want is connection and i think what we want is um the opposite of loneliness and I know that a lot of people are really suffering and feeling that and so I want to f- I want to find ways to 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 navigate that and I'm, my hope is that your vulnerability allows for some safety from women who might engage in this conversation and that that is a takeaway from our conversation for men looking for a way into this conversation. We have to sit in some of our version of the same discomfort that women have held for millennia. Yep. And maybe that's what I hear you saying underneath the words is I can hold your activation. Maybe yeah. that maybe that's a starting point. If you can if you can if I can show up with vulnerability, I can also have space for your activation. Maybe then we've created the semblance of an equitable experience to start with. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to, I mean, I want to know about it. Like I really, like I, I, I was in an argument with someone on Facebook. I don't know if it was an argument, but a back and forth, you know, and you know, like I just, I feel like I learned a lot, you know, and I actually, I shifted myself from saying masculinity that we have, you know, we want to bring a strong masculinity to, to, to bring strong masculine presence. And I think there's a difference in the sense of, I think there is, yeah, just there was a shift for me of, of trying to understand in there. Great. Yeah. So if you're willing, let's dovetail that into the programs that you are excited to share about and and how masculinity plays in. Right on. Yeah. And so that the second part of the, the of your question previously was how does all that play into what I'm doing now? You know, and, and so much of the work that I do is is um, trying to create safe places for young guys, um, mostly in the groups. It's it's boys, 
Um, I'm hopeful at some point to do to do groups for for young women, um, you know, but but um, and I do a lot of individual work with young women, but I'm just going to talk about the guys, you know, so really try to hold space where we create safety, you know, where we create um um, you know, whether it's a rite of passage retreat that, that happened in the summer, um, you know, or a retreat that happens in, in, uh, um, in the middle of the year where we, where we go out and, you know, spend, you know, two or three or five days in a, in a, in a retreat setting, you know, just creating safety and creating the ability to, um, for each guy to feel seen and understood and that, um, that we're going after that part of them that wants to come alive. You know, the part of me that was never seen and understood by any adults. Like we are really going after that to help people feel like they are okay the way that they are to help them have a sense of, of what, what, who, who, and how are they in the world? You know, what is the, what is it that makes them unique? What is it that, that, um, you know, that they get to wrestle with and, um, and really in the spirit of like, you know, following and knowing that mistakes are going to get made, that we use the mistakes and we use the difficulty and the trouble as guideposts for entry into that deeper part of them. Um, and by not judging that and by not creating, um, you know, making them feel um, like they're, you know, just total screw ups, but rather they're just young guys trying to figure themselves out. Um, a context of acknowledgement instead of judgment happens. And then we get into really, really amazing, interesting conversations. And, um, and we're able to, to, to poke and push each other and challenge each other. And it's exactly the kind of uncomfortable, messy territory that, that I think we just in general, we need more of. Um, can we be with the, you know, the imperfect and, um, vulnerable parts of ourselves and so survive and thrive um it's just awesome like the the places we get into uh you know we get to talk about sex and drugs and insecurity and um teasing and and uh you know parents and boyfriends and girlfriends and sexuality issues and you know basically anything you can imagine we get to go into and just in a really like beautifully like vulnerable honest curious caring context and it's just amazing what's a success story you can share about from survive and thrive so far yeah um i think of uh a young guy who, uh, you know, we just, we really encourage them to go get in trouble, you know, and to go and stand up for themselves. And so, um, you know, all kinds of different stories of like, of, of like asking people out or of, you know, standing up to someone teasing them, you know, or advocating for someone else getting teased, you know, so like not willing to back down and be quiet, but actually stepping up and putting themselves in harm's way in some situations. And, uh, that's been pretty awesome. There was a story this year of a, of a, of a guy who, um, he just, he, there was a, there was a project going on at school and he felt like, um, the project really wasn't working for him and that, and so he advocated for himself and he, and he got himself into some pretty hot water with his teacher and then with the principal and then with some other teachers. And, um, just because he was, he was asking questions and standing up, standing up for, himself in a really like caring, thoughtful, not disrespectful, but like courageous way. 
and it created some real I mean, it created some you know his parents got called into school and and it and and it was just it was it was awesome because it was thoughtful and it was him um allowing himself to be honest and then courageous about what he was feeling and what was going on for him and it 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 exposed a integrity out in the school and um it was pretty awesome to see him, you know, just the pride in him. And it didn't really work out, I don't think, so well for him in the end, you know, in the sense of like, I don't know that he got what he was really advocating for, but just his his the confidence in himself and the and the ability to know that he uh, he has that in him was really awesome. Sounds like you're walking a really courageous line with healthy entitlement. Yeah. What do you mean by health, healthy entitlement? I'm not, I like, what would you say about like share more about that? Sounds like you are. Yeah. Like you're guiding the health of what entitlement could look like in, in young men. Cause I, hmm. I mean, I believe that entitlement is not necessarily, uh, that, that's a word that's been given such a negative connotation. And of course there is a very negative end of the entitlement spectrum. Yeah. It sounds like you're bringing young men into a place of being responsible for their own entitlement. And I just wonder what that's like. Um, like, do you ever worry that they're, they're taking the message down a sort of like a destructive path or a selfish path or like yeah. sort of Jedi Sith can kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. I'm sort of curious about that, but, but um, I, you know, I think what I'm, what I'm really wanting to abdicate is just for them to be, to, um, not just be quiet, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's right or wrong, but what I, you know, in terms of like, I don't know that this guy did the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know that what he was advocating for was actually, um, you know, quote unquote, right. But what I, what I do know was that it was a feeling and a thought in him that, um, that he then got to go and be in the exploration of how do I bring this energy into the world? You know, instead of just going quiet and pushing down, um, you know, just quieting his own voice to actually bring it forward and have the courage and the ability to be in the question and to be in the in the discomfort of of what he's creating, you know, of, of like what happens. Like, so that's training for the unknown, because it's it's you don't you know, like you don't know what's coming in your life, but you want to be ready and to be able to stand up and and deal with what comes at you. And sometimes, yeah. and sometimes you create that and sometimes it comes and you, and you just have to react, um, you know? And so it's about confidence and courage and not giving your, not giving yourself up, um, not just going quiet. Because that would result in what you mentioned earlier about suppressed desire coming out sideways. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny, actually, at the right of at the very end of Survive and Thrive last time, it was it was I still haven't sort of rectified this. But a guy, one of the guys said, like, because we were talking about um, um, some of the guys I work with in my in my practice are really dealing with what many people call anxiety, um, um, you know, and so like they're caught like, you know, it's the it's the it's the 20 some you know guy living at home, still playing video games all day and just having no vitality and no aliveness. And, um, you know, I was just saying like, you guys, I really, you don't want to be like, like, you know, it's just, it's real. It's so hard once you start down that road to get yourself 
like vital and alive and and to get away from that cycle of you know anxiety and 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 depression and just all those really hard places and um and one of the guys said like well if they're like not good people and they're not going to bring good things to the world i think i would rather have them in their own basement than actually like really activated and you know confident and doing harm (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) i was like oh man that's so interesting to start to think about that Hmm. (laughs) you know it was just a you know and i don't know I, i i uh I like to think that the work I'm doing is like, you know, creating like everyone's going to do exactly what I want them to do and be in, t- in in line with my values and this, you know, and like, like there'll be a bunch of little Morgans running around. You know? And I just like, that's so ignorant. And like, like, I don't even think we'd want that. That's sort of scary to think about actually, you know? So I just go to the place where I'm like, I don't know. I just think that aliveness is better than not aliveness. You know, I think that we're so numb in so many ways that, and I just, I just don't think that we're connected to the gifts that we're born to give. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes gifts are sideways, you know, or they're whatever. And it's like, they still deserve to be here. Like I'm not in control of that. Um, you know, I just think that each person being able to dance with their own life is, is, uh, I trust that that'll play out in a way that, that, you know, has some kind of, I don't know, something meaning or whatever it would be. Contribution or something. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that's becoming really clear to me as I'm wrestling with my own questions and the answers you're giving is that perhaps at this point in time, especially in Western consciousness, that if you have on one side, like this emergence of, of uh, voice and power from women to kind of stand up to like, decades and decades of silence and oppression and violence, all of a sudden it's coming out everywhere. Right. And at the same time, there's this natural sort of response of sensitivity, um, which I think is a word you may have used in our previous conversation about this, where this sense of, Oh my gosh, like now I'm a man and I, and I've got no room and perhaps where we are in a consciousness development in in men at this point in time is we're actually a little sloppy and we're actually a little messy and what we have to do somewhat skillfully, probably extremely skillfully, yeah. is to be able to navigate the sensitivity with just sort of an awareness and a consciousness that, hey, like if, if men are going to get somewhere, and by the way, the world will be better off if men get somewhere, yeah. then we're going to have to find a way to let them sort of struggle and and be messy with their own process because even if it's nonviolent, it could be messy. And right now we're so sensitive to any messiness from men that it could become just a further repression of the exact kind of root to this whole thing that we need to unearth, nurture, challenge, hold accountable, and then ultimately evolve. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, it's like when I start to talk about masculine power and presence and when I, you know, talk with my young guys, I try to just embody myself as best as I can. And I get, I sometimes get a little bit off and confused about, wait, what part of me is feminine and masculine and all this kind of stuff. But to me, there's a place of, I think when I am in my biggest strength is when I am able to be vulnerable, when I am able to be um, honest 
when I'm able to be connected to the present moment and to whatever it is that I'm feeling or thinking in the moment, whether that be just like outrageous desire to just have sex or to, you know, have a hug or to, you know, work with a kid or to, you know, you know, whatever, like it does, like whatever it is, just if I'm connected to whatever is alive in me right now and I can bring that forward and just be present with that, that, um, there's no right or wrong in that. It's just, that is me being the me that I am right now. And that's the best I got to me. That's it. Like if we can just be in that place, all of us in all of our own ways that, you know, to me that that's real. And, um, so that's what I just, that's what I advocate for, for all these young guys is how do we just be ourselves in our beautiful, vulnerable, strong, wild, playful, desirous, ways okay so you've got another program you got you're doing all this work with survive and thrive and yeah. then there's another program you mentioned let's hear about that yeah yeah i mean a thing that i'm really i'm going after these days is, is i i i um um it's it's a patron um a patron i don't know how to say it you know whatever the website is um patron p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com and then slash champions for teens is is my particular Patreon account. And what it is, is that, that I'm looking for people to contribute to the work I do because, um, and just support it because I think it is so important and so needed in the world. And, um, here's why, here's why, um, it's important. I'll give two different examples. One is, is a parent called me recently, um, and just said, um, you know, if, if my kid knows that I'm paying for this, um, they aren't going to want to show up. They just want to know that there's someone who cares about them and is present in the world for them. Um, and so we talked a little bit about that and talked about integrity and this and that and the other thing and, you know, whether to disclose it. And, you know, we had interesting conversations about it. But that energy of, of you know, what I'm trying to do and the energy that I bring in, in into my work is that I want to be there for my young guys. Um, I, just like me, I needed someone to show up in my life. And, uh, and, and any barrier between, um, in, in there would have been real, like if they said, well, I can be here, but I you need to pay. Like it would have created a compromise in the relationship for me that would have made it just hard for me to engage in it. And we don't need more barriers. We need fewer barriers. Um, and so there's an integrity about it for me that, that feels like I want to do the work because the work is needed. And, um, and I'm not, and I, and I struggle with like how to make a living quote unquote doing that. And so I'm trying this out. And so, so that's one is like, is that there's a, there's a, um, I don't want to have to ask young people who are in need if they can pay for it. And I know that there's people who really want to support, um, this kind of work. And so asking for that. And then the other, yeah, let me just stop you. If If there is a listener who wants to support it right this moment, what does he or she they would go to patreon.com slash champions for teens champions for teens all one word and then you can just contribute and then what you what what happens is that you can contribute five dollars a month is what i'm asking for and there's other levels of contribution as well and then i'm doing a weekly um conference call you know live live conversation where it'll be you know um you'll, you'll have a chance to um just you know ask questions be in a be in a discussion 
with me about all this stuff, you know, that we can have the conversation we just talked about, you know, if, if there's, if there's people who are activated, you know, come on and let's, let's, let's get into it. Um, and so that's the, that's part of the, the benefit of, of the Patreon program. And they get hooked up with that call through the website as well. Yeah. They, yeah. You get hooked up through the website. Yeah. So you, you go and you, you, you know, you donate and then, and then the call will become, will become clear again on a list and I'll send, send stuff out about it. Um, and then just a quick story about that if I can, which is just, you know, I, I consistently, whether a client is current or an old client in my, you know, in my one-on-one coaching, I often just, you know, I, they're always in my radar. Like I have people who I worked with five, you know, five or more years ago and I just think of them and I send them a text and I just, I just want to, you know, like there's still, I imagine it as like they launched off into the world, um, with some ability and skill and they're still in their exploration. And so I want to both sing is the way I think of it as like, be singing out in front of them to help, to help, you know, make sure they're safe in the world and, and getting into the right trouble. And, um, and so I reached out to some guy and it, and it turned out that he was, um, um, you know, sitting at his desk with 200 aspirin ready to, um, try to kill himself. And, uh, and he didn't, he didn't that day at least. And, uh, you know, I was just able to, he needed, he needed someone to talk to. And, uh, and so we talked for many hours the, the next couple of days. And, uh, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of young people out there who are really hurting and who are looking for, um, care and, 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 you know, older, older guys, um, older people to reach out. And I want to be able to do that. And I, and I don't want to have to worry about, um, whether they can pay or not pay or whether they, you know, I, I just, it's, that's not what it's about. And, um, it's about, it's about being there for young people and helping them find their way into their lives. And I just know that there's people out there who want to support that, you know, who, who, for, um, you know, the financial side of this whole thing is, is not my strength. Um, it's not, it's not the side I want to really spend a lot of time focused on. Um, but I know there are people out there like that. And so, um, I think we can work together. And so this is a program that I'm launching to see if that, if that can in fact happen. I'm hopeful, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I want to keep reaching out and I don't want to have to stop calling these guys when they're in need, uh, you know, because I don't have the time that that doesn't feel right to me. Beautiful. Is there anything else that we haven't been able to discuss that you want to mention? Let's see. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, actually there is, there's a couple of just things that are like, I have, a, I have an on- online men's group going on. Um, Actually, I have an in-person men's group here in Portland. Um, you know, if if, you're, if there's men out there looking for men's work, you know, men looking for men's work. I'm really intrigued. I have so many resources for for men who want to be in this kind of work, um, and I just am really care a lot about that. And then, uh, you know, I know the, um, we have an online. We're just trying to get trying to get going, and a um, online group for young guys, 18 ish to 24 who are, you know, um, just looking for the good people in the world. You know, a lot of the guys in the group are just like, where are all, like, I don't trust men. I don't like men. Men are a bunch of assholes. You know, I don't want like, like I like ready to give up on men. And we're kind of standing out there being like, here we are. Like we're over here. We're over, we got, here we are. There's good guys right over, right over here. All you got to do is show up and, and like, and we're here, like really we're here. And so, um, 
we're trying to get that going. It's surprisingly hard to get people to show up to it. And uh, anyway, so if you know young guys, I got a bunch of guys who are in college really dealing with like anxiety, social anxiety, and trying to get them to show up just so that they know they aren't alone and to know that there's other guys out there who care and who are struggling along and who are trying to figure it out and are just really courageously in their lives, like hanging on and, uh, and there's just, we're here, there's resources for them. And so I think that, I think that's what I got going on. I can't think of anything else I got going on. Um, yeah. So well, thank you, Morgan Rich, everybody, founder of Play Huge Coaching, creator of Survive and Thrive, training for the unknown for teen boys. Man, thank you for all the work you're doing in the world. Yeah. I feel totally honored to be doing it. And thank you so much for having me, Jesse. What a, I just love, I love hanging out with you and chatting and, and getting into it. So awesome. hope for more. Thank you. To learn more about Morgan Rich, go to playhuge.com where you can dig deeper into the world of Survive and Thrive, a program for adolescent boys, and you can learn how to support his work directly through Patreon. My question of the day is this. Think of a man in your life who you really appreciate. What is it about him that you'd like to see more in the world? And how might you shine a light on him? To find out more about the world of Supergivers, head over to supergivers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, click on the podcast link and send in an application. If you'd like to practice giving towards this show, please tell someone you know to listen in or consider subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. That's all for today. Thanks for listening and maybe even subscribing to the Supergivers podcast, where we celebrate ordinary people creating extraordinary impact in the world. I'm your host, Jesse Johnson, and I hope you'll pass the giving along.